Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Well, we want everyone to be healthy, have sexy, healthy bodies, and have all kinds of wonderful things in their relationships, but there are some really serious issues we need to address. One of them is, do you know a sexopath? Yeah, a sexopath. The Me Too movement has demonstrated that sociopathic sex addicts, also known as sexopaths, are most frequently found in positions of power. Do I have to name names like Harvey Weinstein and Les Moonves or Bill Cosby? But how many of these sexopaths and charming cheaters are there out in the regular world? That's a question we're going to address today, because for some people, sex addiction is a highly dangerous behavior. It can result in a lot of problems, obviously, in relationships. It also is related to drug dependence, alcohol dependence, and it's got potential to negatively impact a person's physical, mental, emotional health, and their quality of life, and above all, at the end of the day, their safety. So here at Modern Love, we know that real healing accelerates when you have the right tools, the right information, and we want to make sure you get that today about identifying sociopathic sex addicts or sexopaths. And you can absolutely visit us at www.drbrendaway.com or better still, come and be with me in person for one of our live full-day trainings here at our training center, our Modern Love Training Center here in San Francisco, where every second Saturday of the month, we have a full day of training. Now, this month, we are focusing on abundance and creating accelerated abundance. We're doing a training called From Money Madness, to accelerated abundance because everybody's got some kind of strange money patterns and when we get into our conversation about sexopaths with our guest expert, you're going to find out that money and sex and love can get very tangled up. We'll straighten all of that out on this coming Saturday, November 10th, if you're listening to this podcast in time. Go to Eventbrite and grab your seat right now. So we're going to start out with the Ask Dr. Brenda question. Keep those questions coming. I love them. This one says, Dear Dr. Brenda, I hate my birthday. I try to make it a fun event every year, but it ends up either in tears or injury. This year I've decided not to celebrate and spend it alone. 
I was planning on getting takeout from a restaurant and spending the day with my dog. I told my friends how excited I am, and my friends insist on spending the day with me. I just want to be alone. How can I get them to see it my way? You know what? (laughs) Birthday girl, she signs herself. Birthday girl, it sounds to me as if what you want are some good boundaries as your birthday present. A boundary says, thank you for your concern, and I insist on having birthday the way I want it to be this year. And if you end up feeling that you're upset and in tears or injured on your birthday, you might need some new friends as a birthday present. But let's start with those boundaries where it's where you end and your friends begin. So it's very, very clear that no one has the right to insist that you do anything that you're not comfortable doing because that leads us right into today's discussion. I'm so pleased to introduce our guest, Dr. Nicole Kelly, who's a board-certified physician who was victimized by a sociopathic sex addict who embezzled $700,000 from her medical practice. Her book is Charming Cheaters, Protect Yourself from the Sociopaths, Psychopaths, and Sexopaths in Your Life. Sexopaths are more likely to be men, but there are female sexopaths who are also quite dangerous, And she says that at least one in 25 people are failing on the sociopathic, psychopathic spectrum, or falling, I should say. So we have to educate ourselves and take back our power. All right, let's say hello to Dr. Nicole Kelly. Hello, Dr. Kelly. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. So what are sociopaths, psychopaths, and sexopaths? Well, a sociopath and a psychopath are people who do not have empathy or a conscience. And they're very hard for the majority of us to even imagine because, I mean, empathy and conscience are just automatic for us. I mean, for us, if we even think about hurting somebody else, when we immediately start to feel guilty. But for them, the guilt never comes. Wow. You know, guilt, but also I think there's a sense if we imagine that we could go out and hurt somebody else, there's a sense of I'm better than that. You know, I have enough uh, core um, strength and core compassion that I wouldn't go out and hurt someone else. And shame, a sense of shame if we do. So you're saying these people don't feel compassion or shame. Right, exactly. I mean, it kind of goes back, if you remember the cartoons when we were kids, of the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. Right. So the angel is always urging you to do what's right, and if you don't do what's right, then it makes you feel guilty. Yeah. Well, the sociopaths and the psychopaths, they don't have that. There is no angel on their shoulder. There's no guilt trip that ever comes. They understand wow. what is right and wrong. They just don't care. For them, it's all about... Um, doing what is most self-serving and self-beneficial at the moment. Now, you're a super intelligent, highly educated person. How did you fall into the clutch of someone who was a sexopath, who who was able to take money from your practice? Because a lot of people think, gee, it's a gullible woman. It's a woman or person who, you know, maybe isn't educated. But that's not true. Right, absolutely. And actually one of the most treacherous things about sociopaths and psychopaths is they put on a mask 
to be exactly what you want them to be. Mm-hmm. And and they do that in love too. So that they are your instant soulmate. And in this case, uh it was a nurse who worked for me and she pretended to be, you know, the best friend. She was the popular friend I never had. Um, who would say and do things to, you know, basically false flattery, making me feel like, wow, you know, I have this incredible friend who is doing all these great things for my business, and all the while she was, you know, lying to me and also on the Ashley Madison cheater site. She was sleeping with five different married men all at the same time. Well, none of them knew about each other, including her husband. Oh, my goodness. So she really was a sexopath and a sociopath all at the same time. So what you're saying is that anybody can fall prey, and if someone is bent on manipulating you, they're going to use whatever tools they can to make you feel dependent on them. Is that what you're saying? Some kind of emotional dependence? Yeah. Right. They seek out your vulnerabilities. In fact, they seek out your vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. They'll start with a personal story of their own, which often is completely fictitious because they're pathological liars. But they'll start with their own story and make it seem like they're sharing to make you feel like, oh, this is a safe space. I can share personal information with them. And then they end up using that information against you to manipulate yes. you. Now, I have noticed that because I have worked over the years, certainly in my practice and our training programs, We've had people come in who are either in relationships with sociopaths or sexopaths or people who have been victimized by them. And one of the things you just said is a common thread. That person starts out, because one, I remember one woman asking me, how did I fall for this guy? What happened? And so I had her describe it, and he had a whole tale of woe, and he opened yep. up to her, and he cried, and I said, and she said, he he made me feel like he he trusted me. I said, yes, that's right, because when they make you feel that they trust you, you automatically think I can trust them, and that's and that story that is key too, because pity is one of their biggest cards they love to play, because if they can make you pity them then you're more vulnerable and easier to manipulate. Yeah, and, you know, not even, I would say, not even from what I've learned over the years working with people like that, not even just the pity, but normal, healthy people feel compassion and want to be helpful. Mm -hmm. So all the compassion and all the helpfulness just becomes another tool. So you, you say that most of us know a sexopath. How would we recognize one in 25? And, you know, most of the time you don't recognize them. Most of the time they, I mean, that's just it. They look like everybody else. And they they can lie as easily as they can breathe. In fact, they can even beat polygraph machines because they don't get the changes in heart rate or blood pressure like the rest of us do when we're feeling guilty about lying. They don't get that. Interesting. Yeah. In fact, they kind of get a rush out of lying to see how much they can get you to believe. It's a thrill for them to see if they can, you know, manipulate you into believing the lie. So is it important for us to distinguish between a sociopath, a psychopath, and a sexopath? So not really. And in in reality, I mean, to diagnose um, a 
sociopath, psychopath, or sexopath, it requires a six to eight hour interview process with medical chart review and basically, you know, it's something the researchers or the you know experts are doing. Um but the average person needs to have some sort of defense against these people. And um the key to that is recognition. So just understanding the character traits found in these individuals. Who are so they hide in plain sight is one of the things you're Absolutely. saying. They hide in plain sight because most yep. of us don't know what to look for. And right. I just want to say, you know, having worked with couples where one of the partners, usually a man, but I certainly have seen female uh, sexopaths and sociopaths, uh, is a chronic cheater and yep. a chronic liar. And the mm-hmm. other person believes, deeply, deeply believes at the end of the day, but he really loves me. But but he doesn't want to be this way because periodically he'll cry and express remorse right. about the cheating and right. then go right back into doing it. So on the exactly. other side yep. on the other side of the equation, is there something going on for the person who keeps going back and believing I mean, in a lot of respects, it's like a domestic abuse case. I mean, it's uh, what I'd call the sexopath love cycle, where the initial initial stage is love bombing. Everything's perfect. It's the honeymoon phase. Everything's great. Um, then you start going into the next phase, where it's kind of a devalue phase, where they're actually uh, training you, teaching you how to be what they want you to be. And they do that with intermittent reinforcement, where um, basically meaning they're really sweet to you uh, every once in a while, but most of the time they're very belittling, devaluing you, making you question your own sanity um, during the relationship. But you keep thinking that that first phase, that ideal phase, was real, and you keep hoping it's going to come back. That's the person I fell in love with. And then he'll give you a little nugget of that previous phase, and you just you know, desperately seek those little glimpses again until you finally reach the discard phase where the sociopath decides they're done and they just discard you, usually in a very callous, you know, dismissive way. Yeah, and I have found that a lot of sociopaths want very much to hold on to the victim, that they get some gratification from it or it gives them some sense. I'm thinking of several couples that I've worked with uh, in my private work, and certainly I actually have worked with several uh, hosting a television show called Can This Marriage Be Saved uh, some years ago, many years ago actually at this point. And I remember one of the couples, the woman was the sexopath, and the husband mm-hmm. kept believing that she loved him, and she would cry and say, I love you. And it's not like I'm breaking their confidentiality. This was on national television. And then he'd come home from a trip and catch her, literally catch her in their bed with another man. And she couldn't stop herself, she said, finally at the end of it. Well, I think it's a matter of putting on whatever face she needs to for the moment to get what she wants. Mm-hmm. So if you were to tell people these are the signs, this is how you recognize. Is there a sexopath spotting tool? There is, and it's actually free to all of your listeners on my website um, at NicoleKellyMD.com. 
Yeah, let me spell um, that out for you, everybody. It's triple okay. W dot N I C O L E Kelly K E L L Y M D dot com. Go there and get the tool. I think everyone needs to really understand. So there is a sexopath spotting tool available on your website. It's free. Now, what does it do? How does it help? So it helps um, teach everyone the character traits found in these hidden predators among us, uh, including the fact that they're guiltless. They have no guilt, no remorse, no conscience. They're pathological liars. Uh, they lie as easily as they breathe. Um, infidelity, oftentimes they have many relationships going on at the same time using deception. They're very manipulative. Part of their mental state is um, they see life as a game. And people are not people, they're objects. They're pawns to be manipulated in this game where they're making up the rules. This goes on all different levels. I mean, now, what is it they want? If, if it's a game, what is the prize? What is it they want? Because I, I honestly, I have to say, I just got a call yesterday from a woman who said to me, I'm in love with this man, and he says he's in love with me, but I just found out from his sister, his sister called her to say, you're the next one in line. He has somebody new. He's never married. He's in his late 40s. And he, she said to this woman, you're the next one in line. He's never married anyone. He has a new woman every single year. And I am warning you because I feel I have an obligation to tell you who my brother is. And this woman said to me, he, he, he couldn't be lying to me. He makes me feel so great and happy. And so what do you think is going on here? I I think it's very possible that he's a psychopath. Because that's actually one of the biggest red flags is feeling like you instantly met your soulmate. Mm. Because they're putting on, if you like the big, strong guy, then they'll be the big, strong guy. If you like the, you know, affectionate, romantic guy, he'll be that. He'll be whatever you want him to be as he probes you getting questions, you know, very subtly finding out what you want, what makes you tick, and then they become that. Wow. For a while. So, so with this, I literally got this call yesterday. With this call, uh, this woman went on to tell me, that the sister who had called her, and she was devastated, of course, to get this call. She doesn't want to believe the sister. She wants to believe that her new boyfriend is is the fabulous man she's been waiting for. But the sister said he only stays with a woman for a season, and then Mm -hmm. he's off because he's like a big international hiking, skiing, whatever it is, guy, and then he'll come back. He, he'll break up from afar and then come back and start mm-hmm. up with somebody else. Yep, that sounds very typical. And if you think about it, if you're wearing a mask and pretending to be someone else, I mean, you know, it gets tiresome being that person. And then once they are gotten what they wanted out of the new relationship, they often just discard them. In fact, that's that's one of the biggest things. I mean, so many people are telling me all of their stories as I talk about this more. And multiple women have told me about the one that got away and how they feel like they don't understand, they met the perfect man, and then they must have done something to mess it up. Wow. But guess what? It wasn't them. It was him. He was 
a sexopath pretending to be what they wanted, if they didn't, you know, give him whatever he desired, then he dropped them, and they blame themselves. Well, even – but see, what I've, what I've heard is that even if a woman does give everything yes. she thinks he desires, it doesn't right. matter because what he really exactly. desires yes. is to not have the commitment – to not have to care about somebody else's feelings and needs, to get the gratification of the high, because at yep. the beginning of the show, I talked about this being a form of addiction, and certainly I have referred any number of people over the years to Sex Addicts Anonymous. And right. what are your thoughts well, about that? Is, is it mean, curable? Oftentimes, right, well, uh, no, I mean, it is not curable. Um, there are some promising studies that if you have a child who's displaying, you know, more of the psychopathic type symptoms of arson, hurting animals, you know, bullying, that type of stuff, that catching them early enough, they're still not going to turn into angels, but you potentially can direct them to a more productive you know, society in the end. But once they're adults, those their brain waves are set, and this is how they're going to be. Yeah, because one of the things things that I have noticed... Don't try to change them. Yeah, one of the things I've noticed is a lot of these people do come from highly dysfunctional families where their parents basically treat them like they are objects. And so they learn this objectifying Mm -hmm. behavior. Often one of the parents is one, too. Could be, yeah. But I certainly know that uh, many of them, when I have talked to them over the years have described childhoods where they don't get love, they don't get... Um, well, keep in mind, too, that they're pathological liars, so their description of their childhood is suspect. Yeah, I tend to believe some of the ones that I have worked with closely because looking into, I do a lot of genogram work to get to the intergenerational patterns, and what I've identified, and this is... Uh, my own work and related to some of the um, people who are doing work looking at transmission of trauma, there's trauma somewhere in the generation before. Those traumatized parents aren't able to give love and nurturing, and this child either goes off and isolates and then later goes into the sociopath pattern, or they start manipulating and using whatever they can to get their needs met as a child, and it becomes a sociopath, sexopath pattern. So that's been my observation. So I agree with you that once the lying, the cheating, the manipulating, and all that starts, it is hard to turn it around. Now, I do also want to say that I have seen probably half a dozen people, I've been at this a long time, who went to sex addicts, anonymous, who really worked that program, who got a sponsor, who went to the program. And I always say it takes initially 90 days. You've got to go for 90 straight days to begin to break up the old crazy patterns. And when they follow the program, about half a dozen of them have recovered enough that they were able to stay put in one relationship, not cheat, And to learn, they literally had to train themselves to say, the other person's feelings matter as much as mine. It's my job to really understand what the other person needs. They have to walk themselves and talk 
themselves through it. So I just want to put that in. But now, well, in, and, what and you're that saying, a, yeah, yeah, one other question. Yeah, and it brings up a good point because not all sex addicts are sexopaths. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, to be a sexopath, you have to be either a sociopath or a psychopath as well. Ah. So, I mean, there are sex addicts who have empathy and a conscience. And they are some, I mean, if they work the program, they can get better. So if you're you are saying, a sociopath but if, they're, or a if they're a psychopath, it's not going to happen. Because it, they can't walk in someone else's shoes. They're incapable. Their brain doesn't function that way. Mm-hmm. So you're saying sociopaths, psychopaths, if they're also a sex addict, it's hopeless. But if they're just a sex addict without the sociopathic, psychopathic tendencies, they could okay. be helped. Now, are yes. people born with soci- sociopathy, the sociopathic personalities? What do yes, you there's definitely a genetic component. Um, how much it is expressed um, seems to have to do with the environment. Mm-hmm. So some studies have found links with um, abusive childhoods, mm-hmm. and some have found no links. Because some sociopaths and psychopaths had absolutely wonderful childhoods. Everybody blames the parents for how the kids turned out. But in reality, you know, they were genetically predisposed to be that way. Yeah, and as we all know, predisposition of genes does not mean you're going to fully express that gene. It does depend on the environment. There's actually a huge study called uh, DNA is not your destiny, that in fact with a good environment we can. Correct. So what should we do? What should we do if we suspect someone is a sociopath, psychopath, or a sexopath? Well, don't give them access to your heart, to your children, or to your pocketbook, for starters. Mm. Heart, children, so. or pocketbook. And I would say also, because this is very dangerous for women, don't give them access to your body. Because once a woman... Yes has sex with a man, the body, the yes. woman starts secreting oxytocin. Exactly. It's a powerful bonding yes. hormone. So let's hit that exactly. pause button if you're a woman and yes. be sure who this person is before you choose to have sex with them. Exactly, because sexopaths will try to rush things. One of the biggest things you can do is, is to use time. Don't let anyone pressure you into doing anything sooner than you want to. Yeah, and sooner than you want to really means sooner than is healthy and safe for you. Now, if, right. if say, somebody hits the brake and they're with a sexopath and they hit the brake and they really take their time, is a sexopath going to just move on? And oftentimes, yeah. Or they may turn it up because a lot of sexopaths, for them, the hunt is better than the kill. For them, it's yeah. about power and control. They're not even, you know, lots of sexopaths, I mean, they don't even orgasm with sex. I mean, it's about conquering the person more than even the physical release. Hmm. Interesting. So that explains a lot of the very, very notable sexopaths that are in the news right now who repeatedly, Mm -hmm. repeatedly attacked, uh, preyed upon, drugged, Uh, did whatever they had to do, as you put it, to make the kill. And I hate using words like that because they're just so harsh, but I know this is true. When we look at... That's how they think uh, of it. Yeah, yeah, the the many, many, many people in power. Now, this business of having power over someone, how do most 
sexopaths act that out? I mean, it depends the position that they're in, but um, whatever position they're in, they'll try to use it. Although to totally spin this around, one of your uh, listeners had asked about their uh, boyfriend or partner who won't get a job. Right. So the sociopaths, I mean, we you know think of the ones in power and all this type of stuff, but sociopaths can also be the parasitic lifestyle person sitting on your couch pretending to be depressed because they're just using you. So that's, that's another variation on the sociopath that isn't often discussed. The parasite, the one who yep. uses you, who can't ever, and certainly God knows I have seen those people over the years too yep. who can't a get it together and need somebody, right. need somebody to take care of them. Yep. Yeah, and, and are highly often pretend to be depressed because people can't get mad at a depressed person. So right. they're right. using your empathy against you. Wow. Well, this is a complex, highly dangerous person that we're describing. And most importantly, Dr. Kelly, if you were to leave us with the final word on this, what would you say people need to understand? Um, That not everybody thinks like you do. And to assume otherwise is dangerous. And we need to teach the empathetic majority that these predators are all around us if we don't know about them, we can't take the power back. Yeah, and I I want to just say this is especially important if you're raising children. If yes. you're raising children, teach them empathy and compassion. I was part of a big study when I was in graduate school at University of Washington on teaching empathy. And ah, it, it can great. be taught. It can be taught. We did find some very strong leads in in our laboratory that it can be taught and one of the things that's important is we also need to teach boys and girls how to spot people who are trying to manipulate them and that they have the right to protect themselves and speak up and get help yes absolutely and as parents make our world a better place for those people who might be preying on children because it's the same people we're talking about Absolutely. All right. Dr. Kelly, thank you so much. Everyone, let me tell you about this book. You're going to want this on your shelf and you want to share it. Dr. Nicole Kelly, the book is Charming Cheaters. Protect yourself from the sociopaths, psychopaths, and sexopaths in your life. And on her website, free, go to her website, which is Dr. Nicole Kelly, MD. you can pick up the gift, and that gift is a sociopath, what do you call it, a sociopath spotting tool, the sexopath spotting tool. So that that, you can... um, I wrote a novel as well um, from the viewpoint of the sexopath because you actually get inside her mind to hear how she really thinks. So if anyone um, purchases the book, one of your listeners, if they send me a little note on my website, then I will send them a free link to get the novel for entirely free. 
there you go. You can get a good read, which might make your hair stand on end, and <laughs> also get that sex path spotting <laughs> tool, everyone. Thanks again, Dr. Kelly. Big thank you thank to you. our associate producer, Cliff Dunning, our executive producer, LeGrand Green. And coming up next week, Dr. D. Carroll will be with us talking about emotional emancipation, followed by Nora Tuchello who is talking about the science of intuition. And November 27th, Yasmin Davar, How to Make Small Talk, which is very useful if you're out there in the world of healthy people dating. All right, modern lovers, have a fantastic week. Go right now to Eventbrite if you're listening before November 10th. Grab your seat and join me to get from Money Madness to Accelerated Abundance. Oh, and we have a wonderful special guest who is a medical Qigong healer who's going to help us set our bodies to the frequency of abundance. Goodbye. Blessings.